Today on Abounding Grace, an exciting look into prophecy. To me, prophecy is exciting. Predicting and telling us things that before they come to pass. The key prediction to hang on to today is that Jesus Christ is coming back at any moment, at any time. It really, we believe and hope in the coming of Jesus Christ. It's going to affect what we do. It's going to affect our thinking. Prophecy affects our lives powerfully. This is amazing grace. Hi there, good to be with you, and welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're getting to know Daniel right now, and we're noticing in the early going that Daniel was a man of purity as well as a prophet. With all that we're going through in our world, people are asking questions like never before about the end times. And the book of Daniel has some answers. It helps us understand the times and keeps our eyes fixated on Jesus and his return. So let's return to Pastor Ed as he offers another introductory look into Daniel. Prophecy has been confirmed in the past so that we can trust God when he says something that will happen in the future. Let me repeat that. Prophecy has been confirmed to us, some prophecy has been confirmed to us in the past so that we can trust God when he says something will happen in the future. It builds our faith. Peter calls it in 2 Peter chapter 1, I'll quote from the old King James because I like the phrase, we also have a more sure word of prophecy. The word of prophecy is sure. That's why the book of Daniel is so comforting to the Christian because it has a confirming part to our faith. It warms our emotions and reminds us of the presence of God and it settles our minds. Even as we were praying for such things tonight, our study in the Bible, it ministers to us and builds our faith, strengthens our mind, and calms our emotions. So much has already been worked out that you can't deny it unless a person simply dismisses it altogether at their own risk. As we saw last time, there's the critics go after Daniel, the book of Daniel. I was reading recently in Wikipedia, uh, just looking at what they had to say about Daniel, you know, the most reliable source of information on the internet. Is Wikipedia. Don't trust it. Anybody can edit it, including you. And so I'm looking at it as it goes to the book of Daniel. I should have printed it out. But it says straight up, Daniel is a work of fiction. Wikipedia said it. What are you looking at me for? Wikipedia said Daniel is a work of fiction. Really? Jesus, he, he not only claimed, but personally believed that Daniel existed, that he wrote the book, and that he was a prophet. The book of Daniel is encouraging because it's filled with prophetic insight. Now, in a general sense, prophecy is very important to the believer. It's a vital piece of understanding the word and understanding the times in which we live. Sometimes, as a church family, we may be, we may be accused falsely that we're obsessed with prophecy. But when you look at the Bible, one quarter of the Bible is prophecy. And one-fifth of the Bible, or one-fifth of the scriptures, was predictive when it was written. It's not really possible to have a full understanding of the Bible or the heart of God without a firm grasp 
on prophecy. Now, let me give you a fancy word so you understand when you hear the word what it means. You and I, we need to have a firm grasp on eschatology. Eschatology is the study of end times. And eschatology is built upon ology. Esca speaks of the end, and ology is the study of. Eschatology speaks to us of the study of the end times. And without under, the only way we can understand the end times, because they haven't happened yet, is by understanding prophecy. Because God has given us clear understanding of many of the aspects of what's still to come. It's not possible to really understand the heart of God without getting a firm grasp of the study of the end times, of prophecy, of eschatology. And the neglect of the study of eschatology and prophecy has produced all sorts of problems within the church and outside of the church. Many cults and aberrant teachings have gone off the deep end with prophecy, and many have followed them wholeheartedly. They've got the weirdest, goofiest things that a kindergartner can take the baby Bible that I give them at the baby dedication and refute it. But for some reason, people follow them. They listen to them. They go, oh, I've never heard that before. I think I'll... But a simple grasp of the scriptures would show you that that person is a false teacher. They are not speaking the truth. And I believe the reason why so many people get caught up on... Because prophecy is interesting. Prophecy is... It's like, yeah, I want to know. Who doesn't want to know the future? Yeah, I want to know. What does God have to say? And, and it gets your attention. It gets a person's attention. That's why when they come knocking at the door, they'll put a little flyer about the end times. And, and they'll begin to share with you what they believe their weird teachings are that have no basis in the scriptures. They have no basis. When you allow a cultist at your door to talk to you and you're ill-equipped, you will be easily confused because they've trained. They're trained to confuse you. But not only that, they're confused themselves. I don't say that as a as a criticism, it's just a fact. They don't have a real relationship with God. And so they're trafficking in unknown truths, which really are not truths at all. They've taken the scripture. If you, if you have a cultist at your door and you just flip your Bible around and you make them stay in one place, they will not do that. Because that one place, just one among thousands, that one place will undo their whole system of false teaching and they refuse to do that. They refuse to stay in one place with you. They refuse to let the text say what it says. And when many of the hooks that they use is the end times. You've got one cult that says there's no hell. Well, who would not be attracted uh, to, a group, to a place where there's no hell to, to really avoid? You've got one group that says the future is going to give you multiple wives and multiple kids and you're going to run your own planet. Wow. One group says that they follow Mother Earth or Mother God or like bizarro world. It's not in the Bible. But why is it so attractive? Well, because churches don't teach prophecy. And you know by now, I am fully committed the rest of my life to teach the Bible, the whole Bible, verse by verse to give to you all of it to the best of my ability. I, I'm not interested in keeping everybody excited about, well, we'll do this little series and that little series, and I'm not interested as much as some might be interested in that. I'm not. I want you to know the whole Bible. I want you to understand. I want you to learn how, and with me you're going to have to, how to endure sound doctrine. Because not all of it's so exciting. 
There will be times when you come into a gathering like this and you will leave unhappy. And you go, wait a minute, I've been taught my whole life, the church is supposed to make me happy. Not if you're in sin. Why would you leave here all happy when you are rank rebellious sin? Well, Ed, then I won't be happy and I'll be mad at you. Fine. But your problem's not with me. I'm the wrong object of your anger. You should be angry at the devil. You should be angry at the work that he's done taking this world system, tempting you, and your flesh just biting on the hook. It's not God's will for you to destroy your life. And if I don't tell you, you need somebody that will. So you find another church that will teach you the Bible, verse by verse. I'm not personally offended if you're upset with me. It's okay. I'm not purposely wanting you to be offended at me. I want you to be offended at the cross of Jesus Christ. I want the cross to bring you to a place whether you're either under the shadow of the cross and you're safe in Christ or the cross stands as a great conviction of sin that you're not in relationship with him. Jesus died for a reason. He died to forgive you of your sins and to bring you into relationship with him. He died so that you might have his heart revealed to you. He died so that when you come into relationship with him, you'll actually learn things in your life that you didn't even know were in your life. One of the most prominent men in the Bible that was used in ways that probably all of us combined will not be used. His name is Paul. He had a dramatic conversion experience and, and he grew up so rapidly in his relationship with Jesus Christ. But in one time when he's writing down, God wanted us to know, so he wrote it down and inspired it. He says, I didn't even know I was covetous until I read it in the Bible. Imagine a guy that was so smart in the Bible. He spent all the years up to his born-again conversion studying the scriptures inside and out, knowing the depth of meaning. And I mean, that's all he did. And then he was born again and he found out what covetous meant. I'm sure that was offensive to him because he had learned how to measure his life in ways that made him look good before God. There's a word for that. It's called self-righteousness. And so much of the church's strength is sapped by self-righteousness. So many of those posts that I mentioned earlier are posted because of self-righteousness. Not God-righteousness, but self-righteousness, where we really value our opinions over the love of God. We really value the way we think and the way that we put things together over the way that God thinks. And in many cases, I've, I've certainly, again, I don't speak to you, I speak with you because I've been guilty of this myself, where I, I value my ability to communicate what I believe the heart of God is over and above just simply expressing the heart of God and living out his love. You see, a lot of people are getting ripped off today because they're not being taught the Bible. They're not being taught verse by verse truly what the Bible has to say. And there's a lot of various reasons, but sickness in the house always is the responsibility of the leader. It's always placed upon the leadership. You have your own responsibility before God and you're going to answer for your life. You're going to answer for your Devo life. You're going to answer for your prayer life. You're going to answer for your witnessing life. You're going to answer for your life before God. And so you have a responsibility and so do I. And I'm going to answer for the greater responsibility. You know, nobody in there, no, nobody really thinking it through should ever become a teacher in God's church. Because the Bible says you're going to receive the stricter judgment. 
we can barely receive the judgment that we already received, but a stricter judgment. Why? Because now you're responsible for other people's lives. Dad, mom, husband, wife, babysitter, pizza maker, student, teacher. You rethink of all the realm that God has you in society. You're responsible for the people in your life. Stricter judgment. If you're going to study the scriptures and teach the word, you're going to spend a lot of time talking about prophecy. There's no way around it. It's the only holy book that exists that dares to deal in the area of prophecy. No other religious writings dare jump into the arena with startling clarity and pinpoint accuracy. Do you know the very first message that Jesus Christ ever taught in his human ministry was prophetic? Remember, he comes into the synagogue, the scroll's handed to him, he reads it, puts it down, and what does he say? Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He gets the privilege of telling everybody, prophecy is fulfilled. I am standing here as fulfilled prophecy, Jesus tells them. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. To me, prophecy is exciting. Predicting and telling us things that before they come to pass. The key prediction to hang on to today is that Jesus Christ is coming back at any moment, at any time. It really, we believe and hope in the coming of Jesus Christ. It's going to affect what we do. It's going to affect our thinking. Prophecy affects our lives powerfully. And you see, and you may notice, a greater emphasis or a greater interest in prophecy. And some people ask, why? Well, I see that there's like an increased urgency the closer the return of the Lord comes. Even just two or three or four generations ago, prophecy was not a popular subject. But notice, you're in Daniel. We haven't read anything in chapter 1. So go to chapter 12. And let me show you something at the end of why I believe there's a greater interest in prophecy. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Notice what Daniel is told and why there seems to be an interest in prophecy in these latter days. Or why the interest in prophecy shows that we're in the latter days. He says in verse 4, chapter 12. But you, Daniel... Shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So Daniel is told in the last days that there's going to be explosion of knowledge. I have one word to describe that for you. Google. More information is available today than ever before, and it's exponentially growing because there's more devices to catch more information. I was just reading. I didn't read with uh, great interest. I wasn't really spending a lot of time on it, but there was a headline that caught my eye. The Alexa device is eavesdropping on you. Really? Really? You have an always-on microphone in your house, and you're surprised. They need to write a news article that they are collecting everything you say in your house. But they described the article. I thought it was pretty interesting. The way that they wrote, the way that the person wrote the article is, this is the next step in the evolution of both more knowledge and less privacy. And that the mother load of information is the house. The greatest last bastion of privacy is our homes. And they're inventing these things that are always on. And it's, they say it's all the devices um, but Alexa 
just eavesdropping on you and just want you to know. Hey, Alexa, what did I say yesterday? I don't know. I'm not listening to you. Then how'd you answer me? Of course you're, of course you're listening to me. Daniel's told in the last days there's an explosion of knowledge. Not just educationally, not just in technology, but prophetically. There'll be a greater understanding of prophecy. And if that, if you haven't noticed that in the last 10, 20 years, then you've missed a lot of reality. It's not just technology that's going on. Not just education, not just informationally, but prophetic. Daniel, you're not going to completely understand it, but the people in the last days, they're going to see it. You're writing it down and you're not sure. Same with John writing Revelation, all these visions and everything. You're not going to quite understand it. But in the last days, the people living in the last days, the closer you get to the return of the Lord, the more understanding of prophecy you will gain. And I think that's pretty excited. He says it's sealed to the end. That's why there's so much teaching and learning, I believe, in prophecy today. We're just living in the last days. Suddenly, so, much, so many of these prophetic mysteries are making sense. The thought of a worldwide religious system. A worldwide religious system. Or just a worldwide anything. 50 years ago? Come on! You know, the United Nations started, but come on! How a small little country in the middle of nowhere can cause upheaval globally now. Come on. A, a, a religion that can rule the world? Come on. Or a worldwide economic system? No way. Never happen. Really? How about a worldwide government where power is centralized? It's amazing what's happening, what we know and what we don't know. Some of you are in businesses and some of you work for our own government that you know things that you feel like jumping up right now and screaming to the top of your, uh, of your mind, but you are unable to share with us because you have signed a confidentiality agreement with Uncle Sam and he follows you everywhere. But you know things that we don't know. One more thing before we leave. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. If you're looking for a key verse to hang on to, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. It's the key verse of the whole book. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. The coming kingdom of God under the rule of his son, Jesus Christ, is certain and sure to come. And we find to, that Daniel brings together the times of the Gentiles and also the time of the end for the nation of Israel in the great tribulation period. For the times of the Gentiles, you can compare Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, with Luke chapter 21, verse 24. And for the time of the end for the nation of Israel, you can compare chapter 8, verse 17 of Daniel with chapter 11, verse 35. And the coming crisis brings up the millennial kingdom and the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. And so our study in the future will be one of prophecy and purity. Daniel, a young man that refuses to compromise under some of the most severe pressure that a man or a woman can ever endure. And how did he do it? Let me give you three words that we'll look at in future studies. How was Daniel able to refuse to compromise under some of the most intense pressure that a person would ever endure. Number one, I think it was his purpose. Notice chapter one, verse eight. 
in chapter 1, verse 8, it says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He had a purpose. He was one who purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. You know, what I believe God's teaching us here is that oftentimes when you purpose in your heart, we don't see it right away. And you may not even experience it until it's tested. Daniel was tested on the purposing in his heart. And I would imagine that some of you listening today have never purposed in your heart not to defile yourself with this world. And God's reminding you today and calling you to a purpose. A lot of times we're, you know, we're asking people or we're asking, what's my purpose in life? We pay thousands of dollars to a seminar and they tell you, this is your purpose in life. Let me tell you your purpose in life. I'll tell you right. You want to know what your purpose in life is? I'll tell you right now. Your purpose is not to defile yourself with this world. Let's start there. Purpose yourself to obey God and follow him. Secondly, how did Daniel avoid compromise? I believe it was his prayer life. And we can't underestimate the power of prayer. Jot it down in chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel, if anything, was a man of prayer. He knew how to pray and he prayed often. And it wasn't just events of prayer. It, it, was, the, it was the commitment to prayer. It, prayer was like breathing to him. Prayer was a natural response of staying in relationship with God. And he was able to avoid compromise because he was in union with God. Anytime we're in prayer, we are not compromising. Anytime we're in prayer. So you got this big temptation, just start praying. And then the moment that you're praying, the temptation wears down. Thirdly, I believe that another P word that Daniel avoided compromise was his life of preparation. And we're not told exactly how it all went down. Other than he had a purpose in prayer life. But he was ready, in season and out of season, to be used by God any way, anywhere, and on any assignment. As we focus on those three areas in our own personal lives, great changes take place. We become different people. And we pray that God would make us the men and women who purpose and pray and are always ready to be used. Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And we're getting introduced to Daniel, who is both a man of purity as well as a prophet. Remember, you can hear any of these studies again through the Calvary Aurora app or through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, as we're getting a taste of Bible prophecy today, some who are listening may want to go deeper. Do you have some recommended resources that could serve to help them? Yes, Larry. A study in the book of Daniel is both personal and prophetic, and it's very exciting. As we jump in, this is a fresh study. We just delivered this at Calvary Church, and we didn't know how relevant it would be as we studied it, but it is very relevant. I believe you can look at the current events, and many of the current events that we're experiencing today are being either foreshadowing or fulfilling in some way biblical prophecy. Let me give you a couple of recommends. First of all, I would recommend the book Bible Prophecy, or I guess it's called The Complete Book of Bible Prophecy by Mark Hitchcock. Great resource. Another one is from a personal friend of mine, Don Stewart, 25 Signs That We Are Near the End. 25 Signs That We Are Near the End. And there's another resource. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm thinking of it by name, like memory. And that is all the prophecies 
in the Bible by John Wolverd. Uh, all the pro prophecies in the Bible by John Wolverd. Those will give you good introductions to the panoramic view of prophecy, to the specific uh, uses of prophecy, how God uses it in the Bible, and and the prophecies themselves. Uh, these are essentials for anyone's library. Grab them. I know the Lord will use them in your life. That is very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Rogop. Some would describe the year 2020 as one of the darkest seasons of life, but we're not left alone. God is wanting to help and hear from us. You'll discover it's okay to grieve and struggle at such times, but it's important to reach into God's reservoir of grace and mercy. As you read this wonderful book, watch your worship and trust in God grow. Again, we'll send you a copy today when you support the ministry with a gift of $25 or more. Call 877-30-GRACE, and we'll drop that in the mail right away. And then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.